showcase what you do and have some professionalism. And like what you're about. Yeah. So if if you okay. if you and I don't care what it is, like if you if you really freaking love Pokemon Go, be the expert at Pokemon Go. Like seriously, it's kind of amazing that there's a guy right now that makes a million dollars a month, seven fifty to a million a month, mm. playing Fortnite. Yeah. But he's transparent and he's built his own brand. Hey everybody, this is Philip Mott. I am your host. Welcome to Schools Out, the podcast that we talk about the value of learning outside of the classroom. I'm pretty stoked for this episode. I'm talking with a teacher. I know, the evil teachers. They uh, This teacher is quite different probably than uh, most teachers you'll talk to. He talks very honestly about school, about the value of school, and about the value of learning outside of the classroom. And he lives in my community, so we were actually able to get together uh, in person and uh, I actually got video of the conversation too. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll be posting that on YouTube or not, but keep an eye out for that if you'd like to see the conversation. Uh, But Mr. Don Wetrick is a teacher, he's an author, uh, he's a business owner and foundation founder. Uh, His foundation helps to serve students all over the state of Indiana in achieving their dreams. So if they want to start a business or run a business, his foundation helps them get some funding. And this is a person who really gives young people permission to start life now. He even says later on in the interview that if you're 15, you should be on LinkedIn and networking. He's just encouraging his students to do that. So we talk a little bit about his class. We talk about psychology and what we think teachers could do to make, to bring more community into the classroom. I think you're really going to like my conversation with Don. I want to make an apology about the audio. Uh, Don was closer to the microphone than me, and so hopefully some of the sound stuff fixes itself. Um, If you like this episode, please share it uh, or send me what would be even more valuable than sharing it at this point is send me some of your thoughts on it. Um, What are some things that you'd like to do to make your school better? What are some things that you wish uh, teachers knew about students um, in your interactions with them? So with no more delay, here is my conversation with Don Wetrick and we we kind of started in the middle of a conversation about the article that I wrote about him on my blog called Who is Don Wetrick? So thank you for listening. Let me just go. So have you actually been able to read the article that I wrote? Yes. It was a little long. No, I liked it. It was appreciated. Good. I felt like there was, you know, you come up in conversations in, um, in education and you know, as I'm talking to young people, I'll be able to bring you up. And so having that there, as people are on the website, they can find that easily. Mm-hmm. And um, it could give some good information. Uh, was there anything that stuck out about the framework of like how, um, how I felt like the class works for young people. Was there anything that stuck out about that? I immediately liked the transparency. Like, so I was trying to get to this guy and I needed to like keep bothering him. I'm like, <laughs> I remember that phone call. And I remember yeah. like, 
I mean, it, like, it's always been just a struggle because even today, on my day that I was trying to, like, get caught up, and I had four calls of, we should do stuff together. Yeah. It's always that. And for the most part, and that's why I put you through the ringer, I'm like, yeah, 90% of the people, they're like, and I don't mean this to be mean, but like, how can I exploit your students? Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like really? Um, but no, like how, how you talked about what you did and when you talked about the class was, was really spot on. And at the same time, um, I think you could have even been a little bit more crueler and the sense of like I'm always transparent on who it's not for hmm. like we've got some, I mean I, I like this Dude, year's class isn't for you being right like yeah. cause like like when people meet me and they talk about the class and I'm like it was funny cause we, we called it 20% time at the beginning well it worked for 20% of the kids yeah <laughs> 80% it just didn't work for hmm. Be, and the further we go we're, we're converting more hmm. and honestly like Thanks to like you know that Prince E video that new one just came out yeah. and like all of a yeah. sudden there's been people that are starting to question what we've been preaching for eight years yeah but there's been kind of this yeah why why are we doing this so it's making it a little bit easier but I still have some kids that are like like Shh, here 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 comes here comes act busy I'm like I'm a, like oh, like you're just <laughs> wasting your right I'm like this is this is your time bro um or or the the story I like to tell is I had a girl that she was like hey. She was really upset because I was the only B in her on her gray card. I'm like, well, gray cards hadn't come out yet. I'm like, you want an A? Yeah. She says, yeah. I go, okay. I log on. I'm like, there you go. Well, now I feel guilty. I'm like, are you here for you growing your thing or right. are you here to comply for an A? And she more or less politely said, I'm here for an A. That's, the class was not for her. Yeah. And um, so, like, you were honest about it, but you could have been more brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and those are some things that maybe I still don't know yet, like that I'm still learning about. True. Well, because the kids so. that you're gravitating towards want to gravitate back, and they love the whole. I mean, honestly, this year this year is a pretty good start because a lot of the kids, and, and partly, I'll, I'll be honest, partly because of the Avas of the world and the Bradys of the world, like, mm -hmm. wait, wait, yeah. I see you talking to all these people. How'd you do that? I paid my dues. Yeah. I got on and I started collaborating with people. Yeah. Sarah, the Sarah Schaefer's of the world, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like those students, you know, they're they're riding on the shoulders of giants, so to speak. But um, so yeah, a lot of the kids you know, they want to know you, and so you may have a slightly skewed. But I mean, you you, you were in my class two or three times last. Well, like more than that, like you were in like you saw the kids that were hiding. Yeah, I'm just gonna pretend like I'm busy. No, okay, right. you know, I I, right. I keep having conferences with them. Are you sure? Can I help? Can I this? Kind of that. At the end of the day, they just kind of. But I can't take it too personally because it's exactly what other kids do in algebra class or in history yeah. class. Like I'm just gonna pretend like I'm learning, and then I'll get my good grade, right? And and so they treat it like a regular class, and breaks my heart, but. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, so I'm sitting here with Don Wetrick. Thanks for oh. joining me. Yeah, we're shaking hands. And uh, nice to meet hey. you. Buddy. <laughs> Good to see you. I've, um, I think I've been looking forward to having you know starting this podcast and not, not always really sure exactly what it was going to be, and uh, a fun conversation. Yes. Well, I knew why I wanted to have you on is because you sort of live in this interesting space between school and home for yeah. I think, a lot of your students absolutely is you encourage them to be to do well in school but you're kind of like saying like you you can start your life now yeah and 
and you don't have to go home and just you know decompress from the day you can actually start living today to yeah. take ownership of your learning and I, so that's a great place um, to have you because most of my podcast is, is going to be student voices um, but you know obviously adults who are advocating for more student freedom I think is going to be I want to have more guests like that so. sure um, one thought I had is I mean you're from the generation X what you know kids today have podcasts they have Instagram they have YouTube they have gaming what was it for your generation that that young people were really getting into at those same ages Atari and MTV yeah <laughs> um, which if you think about it like you can still feel that pulse yeah, um, absolutely. The Atari, obviously, some similarities, but just the MTV generation was all of a sudden they. It was kind of a look at me, mm. you know. Appearance means something. Um, yeah, <clears throat> your music and your art is good, but also you being social with it is is even better. So, um, I felt I feel that's some overlap. Now, those weren't necessarily business tools. Like people are looking at, you know, um, students are <clears throat> looking at YouTube. Like I'm going to be a YouTuber. Yeah, for our generation and your generation, oh, I maybe, see what you're saying. Yeah. maybe it was more like, I feel like when I was a teenager, <clears throat> it was like I want to be in a band, right? Like now, podcasting and entrepreneurship is the same yeah. as being in a band or something. Yeah, although I will say, networking has never not been old. You know, um, I mean, this is a little bit. So in the '80s, I was young, young, but like the power suits and the yuppies of mm -hmm. the '80s. That's still kind of a thing now, and and hmm. we didn't have LinkedIn, but we sure as heck had networking nights. Yeah, um, they weren't as mobile and they weren't as quick as the LinkedIn local kind of things, but um, yeah, I think that was kind of our thing. But at the same time, like you know, we were only one generation removed of get a job at Ford and and work there for thirty years, right? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, and and like because I remember like. And I love my mom and dad to death. But I remember when my sister got married, my brother-in-law had a job at Procter & Gamble. Mm -hmm. And after three years, he's like, I'm, I'm going to move on. And they're like, are you crazy? Yeah. Like, that's lifetime benefits. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I just don't want to do the corporate thing. Oh, that's insanity, you know? <laughs> and, and mind you, he like, nowadays, like, wow, you were there three years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like wow, you really stuck it yeah, out. Yeah, you really rode that storm out, right? So, um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting how that changes. Um, why should we, either as educators or students, why should we value learning that's not academic? Like once the once the school bell rings, why should we value the things that we do outside of school? Because oh, this is where I'm going to get myself in trouble because most things in academia don't equate to real life. Mm -hmm. um, and again, up to a certain grade level. I mean, like, my gosh, I think all of grade school and up through middle school, <coughs> excuse me, is foundational. And you need it. But, I mean, how many times have we <coughs> sneezed during an interview? <laughs> how many times during, like, how many times have people brought up, well, they should teach this in school? Yeah. Well, those things are tons, infinite. Yeah. Um, so academia is cool up to a point and then after a while you're like seriously what like I, I always jokingly say I would have loved to have been in the room when f somebody first said okay why are we still teaching Latin 
<laughs> right. I mean, at some right. point, like we always did. And at some point, it was like, oh, yeah. this, this is just stupid. Yeah. Let's stop. Finally, somebody. Right. Somebody had the guts to say it and to say, I know that this is the word tradition, but we should just stop. This is just dumb. And um, I think that we're in that we should stop teaching Latin moment now. Yeah. Or at least we're starting to have that conversation. Well, now I jokingly poke at educators on LinkedIn sometimes because they they say, well, we should teach cooking in school. I say, well, two thirds of the kids graduate without knowing algebra. So I'd rather we not teach cooking because the way we teach algebra doesn't work. So if we're going to teach cooking the same <laughs> Probably. way, then that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, people as, don't really like that very well. As actually. an elective, I mean, as an elective, I think that's fine. But I mean, you, you have to start. Which, by the way, this is just me self-serving. This is a, the genius of why you have an innovation, an open source learning class. Yeah, you know, it is that catch-all. I mean, I, I think that yeah. I think that kids should know more about financial planning. There is technically a class for that in high school, right. but it may not be structured to what they want. There's nothing in there about five twenty-nine plans. There's nothing about mm-hmm. a LERP, a life insurance re- retirement plan. There's nothing in there about. Like, I hate to say tax loopholes, but tax loopholes. I mean, there's a lot of things we don't cover. Yeah. Fine. So there's one class that if you're like, hey, I'm really wanting to get into day trading, great. You, you can, can do, do that. that here. Yep. Right. You can do it. Uh, what's the first thing you think a teenager or you've found that teenagers should try to do when they're wanting to start pursuing a dream? Mm. Play the scenario out. Hmm. Like I'm big on visualization here lately. We even got, I I spend five minutes of deep breathing time and I'll have a visualization. So, Mm -hmm. okay. What is that dream? All right. Play out the scenario, play it out. Like I can't tell you how many people like, like I I even asked kids, I'm like, if you won the lottery, a a moderate lottery, $2 million, you cannot retire on that, but you can have a really interesting time for the next 10 years. What would you do? Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people like, Oh, I would sit on the beach and drink margaritas. Okay. Play that out. When would you become bored? Right. Well, yeah, you get a point. Or sunburned. Or sun, very, very, very leathery. So <laughs> this no, was great. This this was a good idea for a while. But yeah, I mean, it's like playing out the scenario. So, and and quite frankly, also just challenging people on is your dream your dream? Mm. I mean, I, I tell this to my kids all the time. The litmus test is go up to anybody and go, "What are you passionate about?" Ninety percent of the people I know, their passion is somebody else's dream. Yeah, I like the Colts. Awesome. What are you passionate about? Oh, Star Wars, man. Awesome. What are you passionate about? Green Day. Sad, but okay. Um, they know three chords. But they're like, like that's not your dream, bro. That's yeah. somebody else's work, and that's kind of yeah. alarming. So if they had a passion or a dream, I'd one, I'd question it, and like, okay, why? And then I'd play out the scenario. Where do you? Where would that go? What would be next? And and because a lot of times it's just it's an idea, and it's not really a plan. Yeah, and. <laughs> And my argument was they've never been allowed to carry their ideas out, so they don't understand that that ideas don't always pan out the way you plan. Or it's so simple. Do you think students could bring your class, if they don't have a teacher that's advocating for innovations and open source learning, could what could they do to bring that to their own school? Like if there's a young person that says, I like this, how could what are what are some things that they could say to either a teacher or a principal? that could well, bring that class sadly you'd have to have some sort of a buy-in from the school because i've seen some schools that go well we'll have this like as an after-school program it won't work i hate to say that because you're either dedicated or you're not mm-hmm. and so if you treat it like an afterthought and maybe a couple of kids will get together after school it just doesn't work so 
I personally think that the way it works the best is if you t- if there's skin in the game. So if you're like, oh, we'll let kids congregate, even during study hall, even if you give it actual school time, it, I, I think it needs some enthusiasm and some leadership at the top. Um, and, and, and if not, then, I mean, could, could a band of students get together on the weekends? Yeah, they could. Sure. Um, but I mean, I, a lot of students are doing that anyway. Yeah, that's true. So not they're not saying, well, this is we're doing Don Wetrick's class on the, right. on the weekends. But so if you if your school said, all right, we've had some changes, you're going to actually be teaching English next year, but you can still do innovations mm-hmm. within that English framework. Mm-hmm. How would you do that? Well, that's called project based learning. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, in some ways you'd be hampered a little bit. But I mean, because when I when I go out and, and talk and do seminars and stuff like I'm all for the 20% time model in elementary and even middle school. Mm. I personally think it has to be its own elective at the high school level. Mm. But if you want to give it a go and have 20% time in an English class, great. Yeah. Um, we, I have a model called the, the have to should do and want to, and it's broken down by percentages. So when I call it 20% time, so 50% of your time is you have to state says I have to cover these standards. Awesome. Some of the standards are great. Mm-hmm. 30% time should you should do these things like if you had a great unit on the civil rights march uh, and, and, and Martin Luther King and everything else that's something you have to cover should cover but things you should do now is a great project right mm. so that have to transform to should do and if you've done a good job now they want to do something and mind you that's a want to it might be in your genre so again so you 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 learn about civil rights we can either go with gandhi or mlk you should do a great follow-up project um that enhances that lesson and now you say what do you want to do with this armed with all this knowledge like well i want to write the un or i want to host a, a a peace rally where people from the nra and the um you know, anti-gun lobbies can come together. Awesome. Yeah. That's a want. Um, I want to extend from that. And this wasn't a planned question, but what kind of messages do you think young people are receiving from school about the nature of power and authority? <laughs> also, where I get myself in trouble, that if you just do as I say, everything will turn out all right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and look, I mean, like, I don't want a disrespectful kid. I don't want to... You know, sure. I get myself in hot water when I say, you know, we don't want a bunch of subservient kids. Well, we do in some cases, mm-hmm. but um, that listen to what I say, what happens when they're gone? Like, it always bugs me when people brag about the graduation percentage. Like, so you, there's no, res- like, once they're gone, then you're good. What if right. you did a bad job and they barely graduated, but you're cool because you right. like they graduated. So you're out of sight, out of mind. I mean, like I should not have graduated. There's, there was no way that I was ready for the real world. Well, I, using that model, like very few of us should graduate. Right. But no, I mean. And is that high, I mean, I think you and I would probably agree that isn't mm-hmm. that public school's job is to get you ready? You would you would think. Um, and, and maybe but, it's okay. But if, again, the, the, the Naveen Jane, not my quote, Naveen's, when he said, you know, if you, if you took a rotary phone and you pointed it at me and said, why aren't the Instagrams working? <laughs> and they said, well, this phone must be broken. No, that right. phone's not broken. Right. What it was designed to do was to make a phone call. So when people go, education's broken. No, it's not. It, it was a hell of a ride. 
For 200 years, they told you how to behave, and if you worked in this way, you, you too could get a job at Ford. Mm-hmm. That's a great model. It's just that those, those positions do as I say, and there's one guy at the top. That doesn't exist anymore. If, if, um, if education, and I'm just nudging back a little bit, if education was doing its job in the 60s, would we have had the revolution that we had? The civil rights movement? I mean, shouldn't that shouldn't education have sort of created that and encouraged it instead hmm. of fighting it? Well, but any large institution change is just that slow. Yeah. Um, and yeah. at the, and at the same time, like, I, like the '60s was ready for it in some ways, but we're like, I don't know. I I, th- I think we we keep still looking at education as it needs to be fixed. And we need new opportunities, not mm. a school improvement plan. A mm. school improvement plan invio- in- involves the ER, bigger, better. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some things that just need to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. There's some things that need to be brought in new. That's not a, that's not an improvement. That's just a new opportunity. Talk more about the the new opportunities. What? Pretend you're speaking to young people. Yeah. What are the opportunities that you want to see them? Oh, that's easy. Ironically enough, it's returning to the 18th century. Ghost squire. Okay. (laughs) I mean, like, like apprentice. Yes. Yeah. Well, like learn a learn a learn a craft or learn a skill. Learn several and find out what you don't like. Yeah. Which is what my class is for in half the cases, but. No, I mean, like, my, my recommendation is go out and meet people. Go out and offer your services for free. Go out and just learn mm. as fast as you can. As soon as you go, this sucks, stop, yeah. move on. Um, because, you know, if you were going to major in that in college, you just you just flushed away $25,000 every time you change your major. Yeah. So um, I, I believe that. You know, well, heck, have I said like if I had kids this age, I do. I have three, mm-hmm. and I'm encouraging all to like. It sounds so simplistic, but identify what you really love, mm-hmm. and can you monetize that? Is it what the world needs? Yeah. If it if it's something that the world needs and you love it and you're decent at it, okay, now we're on to something. But if you just keep, you know, pecking away at nope, don't like it, nope, don't like it, nope, don't like it. And then don't have the social stigma of being called a quitter. Mm. Like, dude, like, like math and I don't get along. If you made me be an accountant, you'd be like, Don's a freaking quitter. Yeah. What a lazy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He's terrible. You would fit that. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Except I wouldn't feel bad about it. Cause yeah. You know, now if you, so if you look at the way that I approach school, mm-hmm that the what is so because I wanted to be a musician but Mm. I didn't like popular music I liked the underground indie stuff right and so if an adult would have said okay well you can there's you kind of have a couple options you can if you want to make money you need to do something that there's a market for yeah if you want to do something that there's not a market for you have to be willing to not make money no one mm-hmm. helped me understand that dynamic. Yeah. They just kind of criticized me and said, you need to want to make money. Right. And even to this day, I'm like, I don't care about money. Right. I mean, I like it. Yeah. But I don't, it's not something that drives me. Doing something that I love to right. do is right. what drives me. Right. And I don't think there's enough adults out there that are 
saying, okay, if you want to be an artist and just paint hummingbirds for the rest of your life, that's great. There might not be, <laughs> you know, the market might be this Absolutely. instead of if you want to, Yeah. what's something that there's a big market for? <laughs> Video games? Yeah. Although that's a very competitive, yeah. uber competitive market, so maybe that's not a good example. Well, but your, your, your point, though, is like, people being aware that you could monetize something you love right without being called in a sellout right and now and now you can do it which, and this is Gary V's message constantly like you can do that now better than any time oh, in dude, the history that's, of mankind it's unreal the advantages that they have if they take advantage of it if and it's hard work I can't yeah. tell you how many kids that are like I'm gonna be an influencer on YouTube <laughs> where's your YouTube channel well I don't have one yeah what the living how are you gonna be an influencer well someday yeah it's like saying, well, I'm going to win the lottery. Hmm. Sure you are. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to be an influencer. The work? Yeah. And I th- and there's... Um, and I think so- that's the problem, though, Phil, is everybody sees no-talent ass clowns that have a reality TV show, and they're like, yeah. well, they're successful, so could I. Yeah. Okay, shot in the dark, and or there's a lot of work behind the scenes you don't know about. People assume that they can be Casey Neistat, but they didn't see his first seven years. Hmm. I mean, yeah. it's hard work, and yeah. that is something. Some now I'm not bashing, but a lot of kids think that things can be overnight because it doesn't seem like Logan or Jake Paul are that intelligent, and they've made it. Yeah, and to which I have a hard time arguing that. I'm like, yeah, hey, you're right. Yeah. So like, why can't it? And then that crushing depression that they're like, mm. that's the thing that scares me. Is I mean, I have a couple students that like, I see them make posts and then they'll delete it five hours later. Because it didn't get any likes, yeah. and then they feel bad. Yeah, and I'm like, man, that's that's a that's a that's a bad road. That's a it's a tough road to go down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What? So I think I have two more questions here. What is? And we kind of brushed on along this, but see if you have anything else you want to add. What is one thing that every teacher, no matter what they teach, could do to serve their students better? Um, I'm going to go practical and then I'm going to go high level metaphorical. Yeah. Idealistic. (laughs) Number one, have five minutes of guided meditation or deep breathing at the beginning of every class. Uh, Just a big fan of that. Yeah. I didn't do it as much last year and I've been really doubling down this year because all the kids in report same thing. They're like, wow. I mean, most of us shallow breathe and like just to... Three seconds in, hold four seconds, four seconds out. I mean, that's just, it opens up the mind. It, it, it makes you relax. There's a lot of anxiety and tension already in their life. That's a that's something practically to start tomorrow. Idealistically, I would start having more conversations on where they think, and even this could be a visualization during your deep breathing, but like keep impressing upon them. Where are you going? Mm. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in a year? Why? Do you want to do that? Mm. Just simply ask those questions. I don't know. My dad says I should. Uh, there's good. There's good jobs in coding. Have you ever coded before? Yeah, kind of. Do you like it? No. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Deep, breathe deep, right? And say screw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, <laughs> but like, it's amazing how busy we are, and we don't think about yeah what's ahead. Yeah. We just think about right here, right in front of us. So I think it's just really good. To have meaningful conversations with them about that and of course the most cliche thing said about education and teachers is by having those conversations 
students don't care what you know until they know how much students can't care how much you know until they know how much you care right and so if you have these conversations those bonds and i mean this is all whitney houston i believe the children are our future kind of talk but it's important to have those conversations and to see where they're wanting to go yeah absolutely um is there anything i think we've brushed on this before too is there anything that you think students can say to teachers that might help those teachers kind of relax and think a little bit more holistically about how they're interacting. Yeah, I would love it if we, <laughs> this is also when teachers are like, how dare you question me? Why are we learning this? Mm. Well, again, that's confrontational, but I yeah, don't so mind how it. How like, can they do that without being confrontational? Because I was just talking with a no, I, I who, Yeah, I saw this on YouTube where a kid was kind of even politely, like, seriously, when were, when are we going to use this in real life? And she got really defensive mm-hmm. and started getting snippy. And, you know, his attitude, and he's like, no, no, I'm just saying, when am I going to use this? Um, there's a part of me that, like, I want more kids to question that. Mm-hmm. But I want more kids to question everything. And still be respectful, by the way. And still be respectful. Um, but I, I do, like, I would like for them to say, or, or, or better yet, if you want to do this in a nice way, what practical application can we... Like, let's just, and I'm just going to pick on some advanced math. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the sake of solving this problem, let's let's find a creative way to how to put this to use in something. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, I, this is total confirmation bias. Like, math and I never got along, so I'm picking on it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when a math teacher can make this, like, and there's plenty of relevant things. Um, then if they can make that relevant, then, then I think the kids would see the, the benefit from it more. Now, you've really tried to branch outside of the innovation and open source learning with Future Ready U. Mm-hmm. You create a lot of content that teachers can consume to try to help them do these things. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm really just trying to give you a chance to promote, a, promote your ideas a little bit. Yeah. What are some things you think teenagers can do um, besides taking the trying to sign up for future ready you what are some things that you think they can do to start having that innovate to create that innovations and open source learning culture for themselves outside of school one it's a network so I think the kid that tries to be innovative and entrepreneurial on their own there's you're missing a huge component um, you know I, I would say one I have we have struck gold with LinkedIn because they're not as political, they're not as angry, they're people that want to help. Um, and then I would just start like, I mean, we we already quoted him once. Let's quote him again. You know, kind of like that Gary V mantra is that every person is their own media brand, and everybody is fighting for attention. And if you can showcase the powers of good, and you at age fifteen is like, here's the mission I'm on. My gosh, and you've seen it with my class. The kids that are transparent with their mission are winning. Yeah. Winning. Yeah. Like, how come you're getting more views than I am kind of thing? But they mm-hmm. have all the power because like, people are like, this kid's 16 years old. And you've seen some of these kids who start with you, and you're like, this kid's not going to work out. Yep. And then they're like flying. Yep. No, I, one, of my, one of my better students, I asked him not to come back. And over the summer, he's like, I know what you're going to say, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and he came back and he killed it because he's like, yeah. because, and in some cases, I've, I've come to like accept this. It takes a while for a kid to be like unschooled. Yeah. Like I had an awakening and mm-hmm. sometimes it's over a break. Like, like 
so much growth happens on that fall break and Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's like they'll come back that second year or my, when it really breaks my heart is when they go to college and they come back and they're like, um, like, Phil, if I had a dollar for every time a college kid came back and said, almost scolded my current students, like, don't mess this up. Mm. Don't let this opportunity, like, because it all of a sudden occurred to them, oh my gosh, I had everything right here. Yeah. And and quite frankly, this is where a couple of kids get sore at me, is that they're like, um, and, it, and it bugs me that, that some think this, but I understand why. You used to help me all the time. Now that I'm out, you don't help me. Mm. Bro, I've got 98 students. Right. I've got three children. Yeah. I run a foundation. You're right. If you're not with me from 7.30 to 3, yeah. it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, now, mind you, there's still some students in my life, and you've met several of them that they don't have me anymore, but they still do stuff. But yeah. but it's still like carving out that time for them is difficult. So networking is number one. Networking what's, is number two. What do you think is the having second thing Having that social brand. Like, I, I really firmly oh, okay. believe you, if, if, you're, if you're 15 and up, you should have a LinkedIn and you should start creating your own content. You should start. By the way, just having your own blog or podcast or YouTube channel, you'll enjoy it. Just at, like, I'm 46 yeah. years old. I'd give you $10,000 if I had some great video content of Donnie Wetrick yeah. saying what he wanted to do. Yeah. And either laughing at it or going, what happened to that kid? Why right. didn't I do that? Right. I think you'll like it just for that reason. What kind of, what's a simple statement that I can say if I like, well, what does he mean build my brand? Like, Yeah, showcase what you do and have some professionalism. And like what you're about. Yeah, so if, if you, okay. if you're, and I don't care what it is, like if you, if you really freaking love Pokemon Go, be the expert at Pokemon Go. Like, Seriously, it's kind of amazing that there's a guy right now that makes a million dollars a month, seven fifty to a million a month, mm. playing Fortnite. Yeah, but he's transparent and he's built his own brand. Mm. And and is there a third one that we can count? Like, so we got uh, networking, networking, having a brand, social branding, and then just flat out like, well, I mean, it kind of circles back to networking again. Just but that collaboration, just because you no, it doesn't, and it does. Networking isn't what can you do for me, and you are the king of this. Mm. You've played the long term. You have been like, how can I help? Mm. That, I appreciate that. Th no, I mean, it's clear. That, as Ava and, and some of my other students like have really figured out, like, like last year Ava was kind of down on herself because she was like, she wasn't getting anywhere, but she was. Mm. What she was was she was getting f valuable feedback for all these mm -hmm. people. And then one day she's like, oh, by the way, I have a podcast. Wait, can I help? Yeah. Um, that, that you doing things nice for other people is networking not here's my card do something for me yeah because two-thirds of the people at that networking event are the same thing here's my card do something for me no no you want to do something for me if yeah. you're the first person to be nice it it may not come back to you that month that year but it wins yeah yeah and if i could have if I that would be my main regret is because I did I tried to start a record label when I was 19 years old and I didn't understand that concept yeah and I have a friend who they were my first band that I signed and uh, he kept working at it and was driven and he's running a record label today that's successful and making money sweet <laughs> and I'm so like it's like I don't want to do that anymore but I'm so jealous that he he was young. He was four years younger than me at the time. Yeah. Oh, that's even harder. And take. it was like, and was like he got it, and I just didn't get it. Yeah. Well, uh, Mr. Wechter, Don, thank you so much for joining us, and your wisdom and experience is really valued, at least by me. Um, I hope that. 
people can reach out to you? What's the best platform to reach out to you now? LinkedIn, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it's. I always hesitate by not suggesting Twitter because yeah. I've got that cool check mark and everything. But yeah. I just I'm. I'm fading away on that one, man. I'm yeah. not. I've not been spending any time you. on it just because I've been having such meaningful, good conversations and feedback from LinkedIn. So yeah, LinkedIn, man. Awesome. Thank you. Coolio. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. This is Philip again. We're signing off. Thank you for checking out this episode of Schools Out. Let me know what you're up to. Let me know what dreams you're pursuing. I want to be one of those people out there uh, supporting young people and really helping you see uh, that dream clearly and go for it. There may not be adults in your life that are doing that for you right now. And I apologize that for that. Um, that was my same experience too. And so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to start this podcast is uh, I wanted you to see value in things that you're doing, whether you're a gamer, whether you're into design and art, whether you're into TV and movies, skateboarding, uh, cycling, chess. There are so many different things that people are interested in. And I think those things are valuable. And I would love to see your school value them in a much bigger way. Uh, find me on Instagram at philip.mott if you'd like to connect or on Twitter if you use that at philipmott1. And I vlog on my YouTube. Uh, you can search for that. Um, if you want to watch my process, I'd uh, love to share that with you. Thanks a lot.